blow that whistle, boys. The full-time podcast is back at you for round four action. I'm your host, Matthew Watson, and with me, uh, Marcel Aboud and Alex Yamis. How you going, guys? Hello, hello. All right, round four, a lot of action. Uh, we started off, and we're going to get straight into it, we started off in Melbourne on Friday night. 6,000 people showing up to their game against Wellington, some saying it's because... Uh, the Phoenix will lead to a low turnout, but uh, the terrible turnout is probably due to that uh, terrorist attack we had and the CBD being shut off. So very unfortunate situation there, but uh, there wasn't a whole lot we could really do about it. It just happened, and it's unfortunate for the locals and obviously unfortunate for you know the whole situation. It's just really bad. We'll move on to the football, though. Uh, City winning 2-0 on the night. Uh, I think it's more important to really focus on the Phoenix with... Mark Rudan, um seemingly unhinged, really. Uh, he was not happy at all with that penalty call, first and foremost. Um, I personally thought the VAR was actually used really well. We may briefly touch on that. It wasn't used th- uh, very well throughout the week. But um, he pointed out perfectly, when you have two marquee players that step up and score brilliant goals like that, Richie Latz uh, bang up from outside the box, um, and Bruno Fornaroli scoring as well, you know, it's going to be hard to really, um, really, you know, get any better than that, um, despite the fact they were really terrible as a whole. What did you guys make of the performance from both sides? Well, I thought it was good to see uh, Bruno Fornaroli on the score sheet for the first time mm. this season. I think it was a mm. cracking goal. Probably even better, maybe even better than the first one. Um, I think maybe this is the impetus that sets City off into you know into their season finally starting i think uh they needed this win just for their sake and probably for warren joyce's sake that because i know a lot of people are calling for his head and maybe this is probably going to calm the uh the calls for it to actually happen because now they got a point and they won pretty convincingly it's not like it was a scrappy win it was actually pretty good i thought they played very well and it could have been easily three four nil in, in my opinion Ah, oh, look, I I disagree. I think the Phoenix were an absolute train wreck on the night. Um, Alex, do you have any comments to add to, to what Marcel said? Um, I pretty much agree with Marcel. I thought Melbourne City deserved the win on the night quite comfortably. Great to see Bruno back on the score sheet. Him with his goals this season is going to be huge for Melbourne City. And, you know, that after that little, if you want to call it a goal drought, it's going to bring... Huge confidence. So, yeah, and quickly just shout out to Lockie Wales. I thought it was magnificent. I'm, I'm not taking anything away from City, and you, you do mention, obviously, it is great for Bruno to be on the score sheet, but I, I really think there's more of a story here from the Phoenix perspective because we saw how confident he was in the opening rounds, you know, getting that, that draw in, in Brisbane um, and, uh, you know, beating the Jets and, and this and that. But it's it seemingly, for me, he's just lost it. Like, I, I, I don't know what's happened, but this, this one night really broke him because he, 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 was, he was really, you know, he wasn't attacking the press, but he just seemed frustrated. Every time he, he would open his mouth or, or maybe try to talk to the officials um, you know, like his, his players were, were, were a bit lost. And for me, the Phoenix are in a bit of trouble all of a sudden. Like one game isn't going to do that, I suppose. But it just it feels like the wheels fell off the bus in, in one night for me personally. Um, you know, uh, credit, credit City for obviously capitalising, getting the win, bouncing back after that horrible display against Sydney. 
but you know what I make of it is is um, that you know Wellington have, have really fallen off the perch in well, seemingly. I think that it's probably due because there was probably an air of confidence when the season started about Mark Rudan, you know, new coach, young or relatively young coach, you know, bringing in all these new players. And I think people were like, this is going to be a brand new Phoenix, you know, a brand new start for them. Uh, but and, I think it's more way, of the same. With the way they started, they were a new side. Uh, and I guess that's just the thing that really frustrates me because I, 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 I could have sworn that they were going to prove to us that they could fix themselves up and they've sort of just they've, they've gone same on Phoenix just like that really snap of the finger um, yeah I, I think it's just literally same old story maybe the, the, the wins and the draw was a blip on the radar uh, are you concerned for Michael Dan's future no of course not no 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 I, I wouldn't be did you just the, the, the whole game. thing? The whole thing. I understand that, but the whole thing with the VAR, like he 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 literally the confidence that he had shown in in weeks prior, it just it just completely obliterated. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm putting too much of an emphasis on this. I just I, I have to bring that up because I think um a lot of people a lot of people just ignore it for what it is because of the phoenix and that 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 VAR call if it were any other team there would have been more noise about it but it is what it is i don't um, think it was a terrible call just saying a lot of people i've seen some people have been a bit iffy over it i don't think it was a bad call at all i think that yeah, was yeah i don't think call. it was a bad call either We'll move on to uh, Saturday in much even fellas uh so the Wanderers and Brisbane getting their true true draw uh, I don't know whether or not really you could say the Wanderers were unlucky. I think they showed a lot of confidence and then it just died down after Lopez scored that wonderful goal. Um, and Lopez is a very big upside for an otherwise dire Brisbane team. I'm slowly phasing into really liking him as a player. What did you, the two of you make, it, make of it? Well, I thought as a uh, Wanderers fan, I thought we bottled it big time. We were 2-0 up. We could have easily been 3-0 up in the first half. Like, uh... Riera could have got his hat-trick within the first 30 minutes, and that would have signed still delivered the win. But as you said, as Lopez scored the goal, you know, the heads kind of went down, and that air of confidence just slowly dissipated. And we just lacked that. Even though we did score, and they were great goals, it just wasn't enough. It's just like, these are the two goals. That should be it. Bang. Move on. But Brisbane, to their credit, came back. Well, to be fair, one of them was a penalty call, which I thought was the right call. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was two points dropped by the Wanderers. We had we had the game. We had the game within the first half an hour. But credit to Brisbane. They came back and they, they pushed and they, they got one point from what was a, I thought was a very entertaining game. Well, I see. Unlike the Jets, who showed a bit more composure in getting um, a point from Sydney, I think Brisbane didn't even show that much confidence to, to get this result. I think the Wanderers threw it in a sense. Um, and obviously, you know, when, when the second goal is a penalty as well, that probably is really going to put you off. But for me, um, for me, Brisbane were, were lucky, to be honest. Alex, uh, what do you think? Uh, um, yeah, I agree with Marcel. I think it was two points dropped by the Wanderers. I didn't watch this game. I watched highlights and looked at stats and everything. So I, I don't know fully about it, but... Um, that goal by Lopez, I reckon, put a bit more confidence in that Brisbane Brisbane side. If he didn't score that, I think the Wanderers win comfortably. But 
that's football, isn't it? It was funny I, when Lopez actually scored that goal. I'm not sure if you you was watching. Just he looked around and saw no support, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna have a dig at it myself, and ran ran off the post and and went in. I thought like there was nothing going forward. It was basically a bolt out of the blue, and that was the, the point in time in the game where we're like, you know, maybe something can get from this. Like Alex, I agree with you that um they didn't look like uh going any like sh- Brisbane was showing anything, and to get a to all draw and with one of your goals being a penalty, you know, it does, you know, it does good for you. Mm. I think that that does show his class as, as, as a player, Lopez, the fact that he sort of just stood up and, and took control of that, that goal. Um, just on the, on the crowd figure, 5,067 minus one racist idiot, of course. But um, <laughs> what did we make of Machi as a whole? Alex, you probably don't have much to say, but, but I mean, I know, Marcel, you were really against it, but do you feel... Any any different after? What okay, you so the reason why I'm against it is because uh, I'll just reiterate a few points from a couple of weeks ago. It's Wanderers haven't had a home, have not yet had a home game. I think we're the only team without a home game so far. This is technically a home game three hours away from our constituent. If this was actually played in the middle of the season, and we've had like one or two home games, that's fine. I've got no issue with it. But in a time where the Western Sydney fans are begging for like to see their team play outside an away game. This is a perfect opportunity for the Wanderers to kind of stabilize the threat of this supposed MacArthur Southwest bid. Um, so Campbelltown Stadium was free, was available. I don't think anyone was using it. And it would have been great to play football in there. Uh, Wanderers have hosted a few games there before to over crowds of 10,000. We've hosted Asian Champions League games, we've hosted FFA Cup games and regular season games. But yeah, I thought it would, the only reason that I can think that this game was not put here or at least in West Sydney is because concurrently the Matildas were playing in Penrith, Mm. a Western Sydney area. So that's probably why I said the only logical reason why I think that they didn't play it they play this community round game away from okay. the community. I, 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 have, say, I, have... I just want to quickly chime in. I did see someone else suggest that there may have been a deal done between the city of Mudgee and the city of Parramatta to get the Wanderers up to there as a bit of um, tourism advertising. That's fine. That, that's excellent. But not as the first time game of the season. <laughs> that's all. I have, I have two points to make on that, though. Um, first being that um, with... With Machi, sorry, I've just lost what I was about to say. Hang on. With with Machi, you're sort of looking at it actually being a rural city. If you go to Campbelltown, that's still technically in like a, it's it's technically still like a metropolitan. You know, you're still in Sydney if you're in Campbelltown, right? So yeah, you uh, can you can you can kill off the southwest Sydney bid by playing a game there. But if you're in Machi, you're actually fitting that community round bracket. You're actually what, going what, out it, somewhere rural. It, is it community as in community within your constituent or community as in let's take it to Broken Hill? Kind well, of the, the point of it, the point of it is to go out to other communities, play a game of football there and get rural communities involved. Right? Um, um, can that's, I that's what I mean, quickly? Look, I, I, I beg sure. to differ, but I don't know. Also, Marcus Babble said in his press conference that he was actually really happy to experience something like this because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be travelling you know, three, four, six hours away um, in Europe. So he was actually really happy with it. 
myself. Yeah, look, look, um, look it, it was a success by if you if you're considering all the metrics and all stuff like that, excellent. Like I'm glad it actually fi- over five thousand people turned up. It shows that football is alive and well even in the rural communities of Australia. But my gripe with it, and a lot of Wanderers fans' gripe, is that it was the first home game of the season. That's all. If this was like the second or third game of the season, absolutely no problem with it whatsoever. I'm sure you can get over that, to be honest with you. Oh, yes. I, I, like next round. I don't, I don't think you need to be that bothered by it. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Alex, did you actually have a point to make? Because you were about um, to say no, I was just, I was just going to quickly mention that like other clubs like the Mariners and the Jets have done their community games before, and it's been great successes. I just think for Western Sydney, even though Mudgee was probably... I don't think Mudgee was the right place for one, to be honest. I reckon you could have brought it to Bathurst or something like that, but that's just my opinion. Like, you see the Jets going up to um, Coffs Harbour a few Yeah, a I was few about to mention that. They, they played City at Coffs Harbour on Friday night. I remember that. Mm. Yeah. And then, like, as well, it's, the Mariners did it too with Canberra for a couple of seasons, didn't they? So I think, I think that was more to sort of maybe kill off a Canberra bid, to be honest with you. I don't... Like, I don't, I don't think that kids. was... <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I think it was actually like proof that the market wasn't there by sending a game between the Mariners and the Phoenix. It's yeah. ridiculous, but <laughs> and I think it counteracted actually because it actually been was actually quite successful. Yeah, all right. I, I, I think we're getting uh, we're getting off topic anyway, boys. So we'll move on to Alex, your side, the Jets on Saturday night, one-one draw with Sydney FC. Very composed in getting the draw. Uh, Ernie Merrick was uh, was pleased, but uh, he had a, a few things to say about the schedule. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, what did you make of, uh, of of Sydney FC in sort of not quite getting the points? Maybe maybe finally showing some weakness. Obviously, Alfie finally didn't score as well. Boys? It's been quite unlucky for Sydney. Sydney didn't take the chances at all in the first 80 minutes. And the funny thing was their goal was probably a bit fortunate. Good to see Nick Cowburn get his first goal for the Jets. I mean, please me. But him going off the camp, I didn't rate that substitution until... And, um... Yeah, and just for me, the Jets this season, just, we just look so often. A big thing I've seen with Jets supporters is people calling for Lachlan Jackson said. Because he, and even I agree with him, he's not a left back. And that was, um, well, I was just going to say, I, I completely cut yeah. you off there, Alex, but I, I, uh, I just wanted to move on. That was Nick Calvin's first ever goal in, in professional football, was it? Yeah, from minus, I think from my understanding, yeah, it is. And I thought it was a great header, to be oh, honest. Oh, it was. It was, a it was fantastic. Perfectly it was timed. It was a good, a good free kick, almost like a corner. Bullet header. And he dedicated his uh, goal celebration to Trom- Trombonas for the um, yeah. uh, his, uh, his cancer treatment. Yeah, that was that was fantastic as well. Um, I think it just really shows how good of a manager Ernie Merrick is because they they weren't in that game, as Alex said, they weren't in that game for 80 minutes, and I thought it was a very very um, very good goal to score to to stay that composed as well, um, and to just sort of nip the result. Um, Ernie Merrick, Ernie Merrick in his press conference described it as a fair result, but um, he's just had a few things to say about the Jets' schedule. Um, you, you're going away to Wellington, you're starting the season in Wellington, and then you're not playing a, a home game until a few rounds in, and then those two home games, and I know, you know, you could say that the Wanderers haven't played a home game yet, but with those two home games, they're against the reigning champions uh, and the reigning premiers. Um, you know, it is it is probably um, quite harsh on them, but uh, either way, their poor start to the season um, is 
is seemingly there isn't much to worry about it. I guess is what I'm trying to say, because uh, they were they were good enough on Saturday night. Yeah, and just a point of uh, fact as well. I think it's the first game Lafondra hasn't scored in. Yeah. Um. So even though, like if you combine all his FFA Cup games and his um ALA games, this is the first game he hasn't scored in. Uh, he's, I mean, he's he's still a, a fantastic player. He's just oh, yeah, proving to us that he's as not. He's just that he's not As much as it pains me to say, it's a great pickup by Sydney FC to have a player. Yeah. This mm. oh, absolutely, absolutely. Do you think Sydney FC are sh- yeah, maybe starting to show some weakness though? Because obviously the the Arnie Empire is over, but uh, the squad is still very good. But was this was this the first time in uh, quite a while that we've sort of seen them play poor? Um. I think the cracks probably will start to show a bit later on. I think um, as of now, they're still kind of flying high. Uh, maybe when a few injuries start to kick in and we actually have to see the managerial side of Corica come in, like what's he going to do? How's he going to replace players? And how's he going to settle team chemistry and whatnot? I think that's when things will start to show, if, if indeed they do show. All right. We'll move on to uh, Sunday. Australia's favourite team, the Perth Glory, are top of the table after a 2-0 win. In Adelaide, in front of 9,000 people, a bit of a poor crowd, but it was about 31 degrees or something ridiculous like that. Uh, Popovich, ever composed, again, Glory didn't actually play that well, but still got the result. What did uh, what did you make of the boys? I, like, uh, I agree with you, Alex. Um, sorry, I agree with you, Matt, sorry. Um, I thought Perth played, uh, they didn't play exceptionally well. Um, but at the end of the, res- at the, end of the game, um, three points are three points. Um, uh, Keo got the goal, which I thought was very lucky. He was just in a very good place at the very good time, and it was a fantastic save by Izzo initially. An even better header from Grant. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was just—he was just literally the typical poacher's goal at the right place at the right time, and just you know that's, bang it in, that, and there's the opening. That's how Keo scores a lot of his goals, to be fair. Yeah. And, that, and that's like and that's what you come to expect of him. And he was just right place, right time. The, the pendulum wasn't really swinging in anyone's particular favour. And then, crack, goal, and the game is put wide open. I thought Perth just know how to grind out results. That's what you get with Popovich. It was a pretty bang average game, if I'm going to be honest. Adelaide really didn't do much. Perth had the better chances and, pro- and did deserve the win. So, yeah. And I... That's a... That's about it. <laughs> well, Matt, what did you think, as a Perth fan, what did you think of the game? Well, as I said, um, probably one of the happier moments I've had just in general as an A-League fan because Perth haven't been on top of the table in over, what, 1,300 days. Um, I haven't been counting. But, uh, no, it's good to see. It is, it is honestly good to see, um, personally for Tony Popovich, because he, he had such a terrible time in, in Turkey, really. Um, and, you know, he's probably... <laughs> Gaining more confidence as this is going on. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I love that this side aren't playing at their best and still grinding and getting these results. Um, and the, the goals obviously weren't spectac- spectacular either. Um, just on Adelaide's end, I mean, no good when no party, guys. Did you think it was a penalty call? Oh, yeah, well, about that, yeah. Um, I think, did you go see Brendan Speed's tweet about... Yeah, that was that was yeah. something very um, peculiar, I'm going to say. <laughs> it was, it was. I think that the photo was a bit over the top, but that's just Brendan having a little a little bit of fun. I think I think mm. he's totally right, though. Lowry's leaning forward, and his arm has sort of crossed over the line. It's, it's the, weird, the weird way that he's sort of body-shaped. 
Uh, and then the other call with uh, with uh, Liam Reddy. I think Liam Reddy actually kicked the ball as Halloran came in, so there was no way that it could be a penalty. I think either calls are a bit ridiculous. Um, and Marco Kurtz being Marco Kurtz, he, he's cranky he's, about it. Oh, he's just when is he not cranky? I, like, <laughs> I really have to go on a rant about this, but I I don't want to take up too much time. If if you're a foreigner, okay. You're obviously going to bring something important to the league. You're going to give something back to Australian football from a foreigner's perspective, and I love that. I love what you're doing, Marco. You've won a cup. That's fantastic for you personally. But can you stop being such a whiny bitch? Like, like seriously, every single call that doesn't that slightly doesn't go Adelaide's way, the guy needs to use his press conference to go off like a nutbag. Like he hasn't he hasn't personally attacked anyone or done anything too bad that we need to like shame him for. Like mm. can you just stop complaining? Like so things you, aren't going to go your way, you know. Do you, do you think that's a negative like a negative look for the game? To the, to I the think the game, the game isn't the game isn't popular enough, and A League press conferences aren't popular enough for this to sort of leak out and to be a big enough thing. To be honest with you. If, if it were an AFL coach or an NRL coach carrying on like this, there would be a lot of controversy. But be a lot of pages for it. Yeah. Well, look, it's good to show passion for your team and for your job and what you do. But I think there is a point in time where you need to basically say, am I doing this just for kicks or am I doing it because I actually have an intention at the end of my little rant that I have? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But... Um... Obviously, just on Adelaide, because we haven't actually just spoken about it. What what do you think can improve? Um, because Goodwin didn't have the best game. Adelaide didn't score on the day. They're really going to struggle to find goals from somewhere that's not Greg Goodwin. And if he ships off in January, like we all sort of hope he does, what can they do to improve? Well, I think Bubba Diora needs to come back. Because they, they, they need another attacking outlet. And um, the strikers that they do have um, at the club, they really need to step up. Alex? Um, yeah, well, it doesn't help that Barber and Blackwood are down. I mean, I don't know why Ken Ilse is not playing in that number nine role. I mean, he has been there and about, but I thought he he's, came he's, in. He's definitely more experienced as a forward than Ben Halloran is, for sure. Exactly. Maybe he's just but, having some, some fitness problems. Could I mean, be, but he, he's talked a big game about himself, so... He definitely has, yeah. Scandinavian yeah, isn't he like the Danish Latin? Uh, look, I, I think he, he never really played, played at a high enough level in Denmark for him to be the ego. I think you're probably looking at someone like William Fist um, for FC Copenhagen, who's probably more of a, of a big, big ego in, in Denmark. But, um, yeah, no, I think he... Um, he probably should step up and play into that position. Well, look, he's played for a, some pretty big teams like Fortuna, Dusseldorf, and Bochum, and um, even uh, Guangzhou in, in, in China. But still, yeah. it's like he's got the pedigree for it, and he, even mm. his 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 goal, like he has scored goals, like you know, for well, Dusseldorf. His goal scoring record has just been ridiculous. Yeah, he's like he's like thirty five goals oh. in fifty one games for Home United, even though it's a Singaporean team. And for Kader in um um in Malaysia, you know, 15 goals in 18 games. You know, it's still pretty. Even though they are, like, you know, Southeast Asian leagues, nothing against them. It's just he knows where the goals are. He just probably needs to, you know, have a bit of air, more of confidence into him to just for Adelaide. The goal's a goal, no matter where it's scored. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
And, and just briefly, right. I was going to say, just before you want to move on, um, Economides, is he going to be in the contention for a, another Socceroos call-up in the uh, in the future? No. Um, I mean, I there's potential say... for him to be a bolter, but I don't think he'll get in that Asian Cup squad. Yeah, I, I think... agree with Alex, who has potential, but he needs to, he needs to keep showing it. For someone from the A-League to be picked for the Socceroos, they have to be in a position where they are making an example of the league. Chris Economides has just sort of come back from a spell from wherever. I'm sorry, I've forgotten where he is. And he's just sort of fitting into this system. Yeah, he's he's scored a couple of goals, but, I mean, like, the the one against Victory was just a deflection off Lawrence Thomas, and the goal that he scored here was obviously Fabio Ferro did the majority of the work for it. And he just sort of... um, just finished off with a tap-in. So, I, I mean, like, in terms of actually the, the individual performances, I'm not keen on him. I don't think... Uh, I think the talk is more just due to the, the fact that he has a bit of a profile, a bit more experience coming from places in Europe. But, no, I, I, I don't think uh, he's ready. So you're saying his reputation precedes him, basically? Yeah, yeah. pretty much, pretty much. I mean, um, in, what was it, 2015, 2016, whenever we played Tajikistan at the Adelaide O, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, he, he had a very good game there. And uh, he was obviously still with Lazio, and he played for a horse in the Superliga for a bit. Uh, he's, you know, he's been there and about, and I think that's the reason we put these guys on him because, you know, I don't, I don't even think he's one of Perth's better players at the moment, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, fair, yeah, very fair. Yeah. All right, yeah, we will move on to the final game of the round: the victory, absolutely thrashing the Mariners. Um, Again, much like with the Friday night game, I want to focus on the losing side. Uh, Mike Welby said in his press conference, no one in this organisation is confident. So if, the, if your manager is saying that about uh, his club, you know, you probably are going to have some problems and the Mariners are finally showing their weakness. And, you know, I don't know where else they can improve other than just trying to stop the, you know, the um, defensive voice that they're having. They just, sides are just, plum, pop, blah, 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 blah. sides are just sort of thrashing in shots left, right and centre at them. And uh, Ben Kennedy's had his work cut out for him. Um, he's done all right given the circumstances. Kelly for has been brilliant. But other than that, there's just a lot to be desired. And I think Mulvey's a wonderful manager. There are a lot of individual names in the squad that I like, but everything is just going wrong for the Mariners. And, uh... Cause for concern. I think for me personally, with the Mariners, they need to fix up the defensive woes. Um, look, going yeah. forward, there, there's nothing wrong. Like you've got Tommy, or you've got um, who are Connor Payne. They're doing oh, quite well for them, and you just need to basically state that. Uh, I think that defensively, they need a lot of work. They need a lot of work. Like Cisse in the middle of the park is doing as much as he can, and Ross McCormack up front. Good inspirational leader for for them, but at the end of the day, if you score goals and you concede double those goals, you know what's the point? Mm. No, I completely agree. It's 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 something that um, Mike Mulvey's going to have to search really really hard to find answers here because again, I, I think he's a wonderful manager, but it's the, this job just seems too hard at times, and it just it, it it is really baffling because again there's good individuals in the team and you just you don't know it, just watching them they're, they're that much of a mess and you just don't know what the sole problem is you can't put your finger on it and that can really really affect 
um, aside. And, and then there's the fact that they have this, this reputation that they're minnows and they'll always be minnows. I mean, it's been, it's been since what, like 2012 that they were actually a decent team. So when they won the grand final, basically. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just every time you're watching them, you just you sit there saying, "I really hope the Mariners make something of this," and and they they fail to deliver. On the victory side of things, guys, KSK Honda is so fun to watch, but uh, we all expected that, and uh, they just they they delivered once again. Um, uh, it just class all around, really. Um, I think it might it might be more a discredit to the Mariners, but when Corey Brown is stepping up and scoring, you know you've done something. Really, really well, and uh, you know they they really made sure that they um, made a mockery of a side that's down on their luck. Well, I thought victory were just absolutely dominating, and I think um, like Melbourne City, this is the impetus that they need to kind of really kickstart their season again. It was a thrashing, and it was basically a call, or what I thought a call to arms for the victory. You know, Honda leading up front, scoring, and then you had basically everyone on the park. You know, as you just said, when Corey Brown scores, you know something's going right. Um, yeah, victory looked too good. Mariners, the defensive woes the start of the show. I mean, when you're giving a, like, Honda's goal, um, I forgot who gave away the pass. Is it Lord Slisby, I think? Lord oh, Golak, yeah. Yeah, Lord Golak. Oh, as much as I love him. Um, when you're giving those opportunities to a team the quality of victory, I mean, they're going to punish you, and that's what happened in that first half. And you could tell, second half, they knew the game was won. So they didn't have to go for it. And um, good to see Toivonen and finally get a run. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Mm. Um, fantastic. And, and he got the assist as well, that uh, Josh Hope goal. Josh Hope's goal. Josh, yeah, good, good to see Josh Hope scoring. Um, but even better to see Toivonen with the assist, to be honest with you. He's only on the park for 10 minutes, and we're already really loving what he can bring to this league. So watch out for the victory. Watch out for Toivonen. Watch out for Honda. It's just it's excitement personified, lads. I think it's going to click for them, yeah, because they've got Toivon oh, yeah. back, they've got Honda oh, yeah. on fire, you've got Costa Barbarousas, uh, Terry Antonis, there's just quality all over the park for them. So I think they are going to be the side to really, really watch out for, because as Central Coast found out, three goals in, what, 30 minutes. You know, it was an absolute schlacking by them. Melbourne starting to click. Melbourne victory definitely starting to click. And you can it's see why they're touted as one of the favourites. All right, so to finish off this round four edition of Full Time, we're just going to quickly run through my Johnny Warren Medal Simulator editions of uh, the Daily Football Show's Player of the Year points and the Fox Sports Alex Tobin award points. Bom Johan Goodwin and Ninkovic were the top three last week, and this week they scored a combined total of one point. So (laughs) it paved the way for Honda to go on top, Ninkovic in second, And in third, there's uh, about 12 dudes all tied on seven combined points, including Khalifa Cisse, Andy Keogh, uh, Jason Davidson, Stephen Taylor, Craig Goodwin. So all sorts of players in the mix there. And uh, furthermore, proof that we're going to have an incredible Johnny Warren medal count of this season. So, fellas, that'll be it for our round four edition of the show. Pleasure to have your company. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thanks, boys.